You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner and I'm with Jessica. What's up, Jessica? (laughs) Hey, friends. Yeah, we're here. We got a good episode today. Episode number 163 and... I think I'm going to title this one, uh, Will the Real Israel Please Stand Up? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting episode because it's based off of uh, just things that both you and I have been seeing um, mm-hmm. with, you know, when I say, when when I, and I should preface, when I say when I, what we are seeing or what I'm seeing, um, it's typically connected very closely to social media. So uh, whatever TikTok, I'm, I don't have a TikTok account or go on TikTok. Um, I, I might have an account. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't go on it, but um, I, I tried to get on there. It was way overwhelming. Like <laughs> I, I, I did one. I did one post, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm too old for this. Yeah. Well, if you're too old for TikTok, then I'm I'm too old for the internet. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like whatever we see, like YouTube. Uh, majority of my um interaction with our audience you know our listeners would be through instagram and um and i encourage any of our listeners that are on instagram to follow us and and you can connect with me there but um and then obviously follow jessica but um when the events of of october the 7th um happened in gaza and israel and um, you had this war breakout between Hamas and Israel. Um, the, there was a flurry of just posts on inter, on the internet on everyone pontificating about what was happening. You had everything from "This is it. The this is a setup for Gog Magog. It's happening, man. The the end is here." You know, and then <laughs> you had other people that were. Um, taking different angles to it. And, you know, the people that were speaking out were going to be your truthers, your conspiracies, you know, those type of people that have accounts that are going to be talking about things like the the jab, the jibby jab, you know, and they're going to be talking (laughs) about things like flat earth, and they're going to be talking about things that, that typically probably a majority of our listeners right now have, you know, stepped into and looked down into the rabbit hole about. And I was immediately troubled, um, honestly, about some things that were being spoken. And and I want to preface by saying I think a lot of people have an issue where they will parrot what they hear from someone else, and they'll <laughs> yeah. they'll I call it regurgitate. Yeah, it's regurgitation. And what they the there's sometimes where that's okay when what Mm -hmm. they're regurgitating has been thought out and is actually accurate because it helps the spread of the information quickly. But when the, Mm -hmm. when the information's not accurate and the intent of it is, um, can actually be pretty evil. Um, the person that's spreading that is, um, you know, they need to be more responsible. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to even say any names of anybody, any accounts or anything like that, because I think once we begin to lay it out, they're going to say, oh, well, I fit into this camp or I fit into that camp. And mm-hmm. that's part of the problem is there's only one camp and it's God's camp. 
it's not Israel, it's not Hamas, it's not, you know, it's it's God's camp. And that's the yeah. camp that we want to be in, right? <laughs> so um, it kind of goes like this. Uh, the war breaks out or the, the conflict breaks out and then people begin to pontificate on, well, is Israel, do they even belong there? Do they belong there? Is it their land? It's called Palestine. It's, you know, the um, the Palestinians were obviously there first. It's called Palestine, right? And um, it, that didn't happen until the, you know, the Balfour Declaration occurred. And then in 1948, when the League of Nations established them as a nation, that's when they became the real nation. But But even still, they stole that land and they don't belong there. And and it's it's a sentiment that I see just coming through, coming through, coming through. And yes, the Balfour Declaration <laughs> is an event that happened. Yes, the the League of Nations, aka the UN. Yes, they did, um, you know, establish a recognition of Israel in that land. Um, but preceding the Balfour Declaration and preceding the 1948, um, you know, UN uh, declaration, the Israel existed. before palestine and i should probably just make it clear that the name palestine came out of a roman emperor it didn't even Mm -hmm. he what's his name uh hey it was adrian uh, adrian i don't think i'm saying that right yeah it starts with an h it was um (laughs) emperor hadrian hadrian yeah adrian or hadrian (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think you got it. Hadrian's Wall, like Hadrian's yeah. Wall. So, and but he, he put a dec- decree. He decreed in 135 AD. Yes. To kick out all of the Jews from their land, and he because he hated them so much. Much. Sorry, I'm taking over on that. No, that's perfect. No, that's <laughs> what good. you were saying. He, he called. Um, he called it Palestina, which is Latin for the Philistines, because mm-hmm. they were the known enemies and he, he literally did it as a dishonor mockery of the Jews. And that's literally how Palestinians name started. Yeah. Perfect. Yes, exactly. So, so um, yes, things that they were saying have truth in them, but, but you have to be able to unpack it in the proper way and understand mm-hmm. it in the context of um, accurate historical um, evidence, and especially from the viewpoint of God. And and these are, I'm speaking to Christians, um, so Christian okay. accounts that I would see on Instagram and so forth. And so, um, and so it was very troubling to me, and I think it was causing confusion, and it was causing a lot, of, and, and it caused, it even caused me to stop and like, what in the world? Is, and mm. have I believed something that I didn't realize, you know, and things like that? And I think it's important to stop and look at things so I started to do a deep dive on this topic. And so part of it was the land issue, what we just talked about. And the mm-hmm. other part of it was the people issue. And so the uh, the it's like a coin. And on one side you have, oh, it's not their land. They don't belong there or whatever. And on the other coin is they're not the real Jews anyways. <laughs> and that always, one of them... Start, they start off with one of those. Well, they're not the real Jews, so it's not their land, or vice versa. <laughs> and so I was like, what do you mean they're not the real Jews? And so then there would be this um, this whole thing. Well, they're the Ashkenazis. They came, they came out of Europe. They don't, they're not the real Jews. And they basically are LARPing as the real Jews. 
and then um, and then the third part of this, if a coin could have three sides, this coin would have three sides, would be the implications <laughs> of these two thought processes uh, theologically in the church, and you see it playing out in what I, what what is commonly known as replacement theology. So mm-hmm. the Jews don't belong there; it's not their land. They're not the real Jews, anyways. By the way, the church replaces them, so it, we don't even need them. And so we're gonna right. we're gonna talk about those. And I'm gonna put an article on our. I have a the All Out War has a Substack. In I'll put a link in our Instagram, and also on the show notes here to that. And I'm gonna post an article that I wrote. It's a, it's long. It's like six pages long. So it's gonna be a, a little bit of a read, but it's gonna detail out some of the things we're gonna talk about tonight as well. So that's yeah. the gist of it. Is there anything I missed that you can think of? Um, there's like, and it's so ridiculous because there's so much, I mean, we're in the thick of deception and and there's, it's coming from all sides, from all different groups of people, this anti-Semitism. And, um, anyway, there's this, I wouldn't say like new, but like, um, people like to repackage words. Um, they, they say that, uh, the, the liberals leftists do this, but Christians do this as well. They, um, instead of calling themselves replacement they um, they'll chalk it up to covenant theology, or mm-hmm. they say something not, like because now I I believe I see as replacement theology having a negative thing attached to it now that like they're just kind of like the Calvinist name being reformed, like repackaging it does not mean that it's better. So they instead of saying that we we replace the Jews were, were believers with the Jews and that's what they hang their hat on, which is, I mean, partly true, but that's the, we're grafted into the olive tree, not the others. Correct. That's right. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. And, and so I, um, and maybe there's an, um, maybe we'll do an entire episode on replacement theology, covenant theology or something like that later. We, you know, in yeah. the in the past, we've done episodes that are theological. Um, you know, and we try and break down some things to help clarify what we believe. Um, mm-hmm. And it, this is the thing: is that um, so? It, for someone that's listening to this, t- to start with that, f- just for a second, if I can speak to it, is when you t- think about covenant theology. Um, the whole concept of covenant theology is that th- God would work through covenants in time frames. So he would start with Adam, and then he would go to Mo, to to uh, Noah, and then Abraham, and then Moses, and then David, and then you know, and as he would work through time, he would make covenants with individuals that were were mm-hmm. to appropriate his plan for mankind and and to bring forth the Messiah. And it's similar in the sense that the, the way the dispensation, you know, historical dispensationalism works, where it's okay, God worked in this time frame to to do this specific thing, and then he moves into the next time frame to do another, and so it's a dispensation mm-hmm. of God's working. And I would yeah. say, you know, for me personally, I'm not a, um, like, there's different levels of dispensational um, theology. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm a biblical dispensationalist or a traditional or historic. I'm not a, like there's some dispensationalists that believe so much in dispensation that they believe that we need to actually contribute to the building of the third temple financially, and we got to speed the coming of Christ. And I'm not at that point. But what I do see when I read the Bible is that, yes, God was working in this time doing this specific thing. And what is interesting about that is that oftentimes 
in that dispensation, as you will, there was a covenant that he would make with someone. But the covenant yes. <laughs> wasn't the overarching, most important thing that was happening. And yeah. the reason I say that is because you're dealing with what in God's eyes, and just like in the New Testament, you you either are in or you're out. You're either a goat or you're a sheep, right? You're either wheat or mm -hmm. a tear. And in the Old Testament, you have the Gentiles, and then you have the Jews. So God was was intimately working with establishing the Jews as a people, as a nation, giving them their land so that he could bring forth Messiah. That was the ultimate that he, his plan was when Genesis 3.15, and then when you get to, to Abraham being you know, pulled, plucked out of a, a pagan culture and then put on mm -hmm. to a pathway to walk with God, and then given the promise that through his seed there would be many, you won't even be able to count, the, to count them, they'll be as numerous as the stars, and then he gives them you know, Isaac, and then he gives them Jacob, and then then to all tribes, and it, and then you have this great group of people, uh, great in number group of people that are um, brought forth. And then Jesus is going to be connected through the lineage of one of those. Prophetically, we're told about it, and then we see it fulfilled um, when they give the genealogies in the beginning of the New Testament with the Gospels. So we see these things happening, right? through so that's yeah. i just wanted to make that clear about dispensational you know for me um yeah and i'm still working out this stuff I you know yeah. i don't own i don't have it all together believe me i don't mm -hmm. and i'm working it out and i'm i'm fine even admitting that you know because <laughs> the minute you think you have it all together a curveball gets thrown at you or somebody that's worked it out a little bit further and then they confuse you <laughs> i've yeah. discovered that <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's what's incredible that we have scripture to literally like read it. Right. <laughs> so we Like you can see in Romans 11 where it says like, there's a clear separation there that we're, there's, um, oh, what verse is it? We talked um, about the there's a partial 11.25, partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And um, and then it talks about the covenant with them. Like there's, there's and it says with them and not with us. Yeah. Like if there's a clear divide there and you can literally just look at scripture and read what it says. <laughs> it's not confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, and Romans is an excellent book. If you're if you're trying to work through some of this and understand it, Romans is an excellent book. Paul goes into great detail about um, you know God's role with Israel, and mm -hmm. because when you get into the Gospels, when Jesus appears, uh, in particular, they reject they reject him as the Messiah. You know, he comes to offer them, and they reject him. And so, yeah. there's a point in the Gospels where Jesus actually begins to stop really focusing on Israel, and he begins to really mm -hmm. be, to extend it open to the Gentiles, and he begins to give nods to the fact. And he, you see some conversations he has, like this woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, or some other individuals. Mm -hmm that are pointing to the fact that God is going to open up the opportunity of salvation for people outside of the Jews. And yeah. um, and then Paul makes that clear when you get into the book of Romans. 
And Paul has a, an interesting heart because he had suffered great hardship from his brothers, mm-hmm. the Jews, because Paul was a Jew. And he was chased, he was stoned, he was uh, maligned, lied about, he was um, attacked um, and accused of all these things and by his own brothers. And Paul's sentiment was that he wished that he could give himself up in exchange so that they would be saved. Like, <laughs> that was his heart. Yeah. And so and he'd he'd get be- he'd get beaten and chased out, and the next day he'd show up in another synagogue. Right. Like, right. <laughs> just keep showing up. Yeah. And his process was, you know, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles, which was what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And so he would follow that model, and so that's why he would go to a synagogue first, and he would preach, and then they would get all upset, and then he would say, "Okay, cool," and then he'd go, <laughs> and then and he'd reap this big harvest of all these pagan, you know, Romans, and <laughs> when he would go out into the cities. But, um, but I do want to talk a little bit about the people of Israel for a minute, because part of this this um, issue that people are bringing up is that the people that are in Israel are not the actual Jews that that are mm-hmm. from biblical times, and I would agree at some level they're not. Um, and I also probably, I feel like I need to make this statement for some reason, it just needs to be made. Um, but we, Jessica, you and I, we don't, we're not like these strict Zionist people of like, in like, um, in the way that the world would consider it Zionist. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you called it biblical Zionists, um, that, and what we mean by that is that God promised a land to a people and that he's going to fulfill that promise. That's what mm-hmm. it is. And the name of that land is Zion. There's Zion is within that land, the Mount of Zion, yeah. right? So in from a biblical standpoint, yes, we are in complete alignment with that. Um, but the Zionism that is touted today um, is not what, what, what I believe. It's not to mm-hmm. eradicate all the Gentiles. It's not to make Israel some superpower that's going to rule the earth the way that they want right now that's not that's not even biblical um and but that is what it was co-opted that term Mm -hmm. was co-opted even before they were established as a nation because it was one of the things that actually pushed forward the un uh resolution for that that thing so i just wanted Mm -hmm. to say that and believe me israel does a lot of things that are are, they're evil and wicked america does a lot of things that are evil Mm -hmm. and wicked um they're fallen and unsaved people, many of them that are in control and ruling. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to do <laughs> sinful things, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we got Christians in our, in our government, and they still do really horrible things. So, right. um, but when it comes to the people of the Jews, I just want to outline the conspiracy real quick, and then we'll kind of unpack it, if that's yeah. okay. So the the idea is that the people are not the Jews who are in Israel today, and it's because of this group of people called the Khazars. And the Khazars were a Turkish group, a Turk group, Turkic group of people in Eastern Europe, and they were mainly located in the Caucasus Mountains region, um, which would be modern day. Um, it'd be modern day, um, like from Ukraine down to Crimea, and the Caucasus Mountains run um, just north of the Black Sea in that region um if you remember a few years ago um they had the uh, the winter olympics i think it was in sochi russia 
which sits right on the Black Sea, and it also is nestled in at the at the base of the Caucasus Mountains as well. It's where the Caucasus Mountains are where we get the word Caucasian. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but um, yeah, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you do now, um, but Fun yeah. So around between 800 and 1000 AD, so this is quite a long time ago. Um, the theory goes that um, there, this group of Khazars um, converted to Judaism. And when they converted to Judaism, uh, they remained that way for a period of time, and then they slowly began to disperse into the other parts of Europe, and uh, particular Eastern Europe, heading towards Russia and, and that area, Hungary, um, those places. And then when, once Israel was established as a nation, they came back saying that they were the Jews, even though they were a group of Turkic gypsies that had converted, quote-unquote, converted to Judaism. And so they've been there, and then they've they've basically became what, what is known today as the Ashkenazi Jews. And so um, this is the theory, is that the Jews that are there are really not. They're gypsies that are LARPing as Jews. They have taken over the promise and the land. And these gypsies, these LARPing Jews, are really, really evil. They they have gone and created banks, and they've gone and created, you know, websites with pornography and the entertainment industry and all of the vices of the world we can kind of like attribute to these Jews and uh, these so-called Jews. And they even misuse the verse out of Revelation uh, chapter 3 that talks about the synagogue of Satan, those so-called Jews mm -hmm. that are not Jews at all. And so I want to talk about that because that those Khazars are the kind of sticking point of this conspiracy. And it's really important because that whole theory, that whole idea actually started by a woman and her name was Nesta Helen Webster, and she she really uh, it was in the 1920s when she came about. And I'm just going to read what I found. It's easier for me to read it than to try and remember it. So if you can just bear with me, uh, Nesta Helen Webster was an English author who revived conspiracy theories about the Illuminati. She claimed that secret societies members were occultists plotting communist world domination through Jewish cabal and Masons and Jesuits. Uh, she blamed the group for, for events including the French Revolution, 1848 Revolution, the First World War, and the Bolshevik Revolution. Her writing influenced later conspiracy theories and ideologies including American anti-communism and militia movement. In, in 1920, Webster became a contributor to the Jewish Peril, a series of articles in the London Morning Post centered on the forged document of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. These articles were compiled and published in the same year in a book form under the title, The Cause of World Unrest. Webster claimed that the authenticity of the Protocols of the Elders of, of Zion was an open question. Prior to the World War II, Webster was involved in a fascist political group in the United Kingdom. So she also, um, just so you know, she thought, <laughs> this is really interesting, you like this, Jessica. Uh, it should be noted that some ideas she carried were also unconventional. For instance, while reading letters <laughs> of the Countess of Sab Sabran, Webster believed herself to be a reincarnation of someone from that time of the French Revolution. She attributed the oh. yeah. <laughs> she attributed the French Revolution to conspiracy involving Freemasonry, claiming that the German Freemasons and the Illuminati lodges were the origins of the anarchic plots that led to the Reign of Terror. So um, she also said that they were well, 
uh, part of assassinations of Louis the Sixteenth and um, Gustav the Third of Sweden and a lot of other conspiracies. What was? Do you know her religion? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think she was probably. She, I would. I don't know her religion, but I think I don't think she was uh, Christian for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> she probably like like. Uh, pre-new age is what i would say like, yeah that's crazy that's some like that's some early new age there yeah or or she was probably some way influenced by like Hel- helena blavatsky or you know well right yeah but yeah. She, you know she was a little bit older than that because it was 1920s is when she came up with this theory so she admits mm-hmm. that it that this is something she came up with that these Khazars converted to judaism and then, yeah. and then they are the ones that are um, that need to, you know, go back to Israel or going to go back to Israel. And it was um, it was later revisited, by the way, um, by another individual by the name of uh, um, Arthur Kostler, and he was actually a British. He was Hungarian born, but he was a British journalist, and he wrote a book as well. It was called The Thirteenth Tribe, and he basically borrowed all of her. Uh, you know, kind of what she did and reestablished it. Mm. And he was actually much more respected than she was. Um, When she did it, she was kind of written off as anti-Semitic and um, conspiracy. That's, you know, even in the 1920s. But when he did it, you know, this guy died in in 83. He was born in 1905 and he died in 83. So I think it was in the Mm. 70s when he began to really um, push this theory again. So I think that... um, that when you look at this, you have to ask yourself, okay, well, where did they get this idea? And if, if they did get this idea, there should be some evidence to it. And this is mm-hmm. where um, where it starts to break down because the, yeah. the, the evidence is just not there. Um, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, you, they've done, There's two ways that you can do this. And one of them is through medical. So like scientifically, medically, you do DNA tests and you can determine if the Jews that are repopulating in Israel are from this part of Eastern Europe. And um, the other way would be that if an entire nation, they say that it could be estimate up to a million people or the Khazars, if they actually did convert to Judaism, then there would be archaeological evidence of, um, of these people that were converting to Judaism. And so let's start with that one because that's the easiest. And then I'm not going to yeah. do all the talking, I promise. Um, <laughs> but oh, from, this is good. <laughs> but from an archaeological standpoint, like when, so there's a couple of things that you have to understand. When you have more than 10 adult males that um, are practicing Judaism, um, they need to have a synagogue. And mm-hmm. so when you start to think about this, if there were millions, or even if there was just hundreds of thousands, say there was 700,000 or 500,000 of these Khazars that were converting to Judaism, um, there would be a lot of synagogues. They would have to have synagogues. And then the the other thing would be, um, you would note, there would be things that would be notable, like for instance, circumcision, which is a pretty big deal, especially for Mm -hmm. an adult male to convert who's a Gentile, who's not circumcised, to become circumcised. That's a big deal. And it would be noted, like, I think there would be, like, evidence of that. There would be records of that, (laughs) you know. There'd be doctors that did that. Mm -hmm. Um, The other would be, like, for instance, with cemeteries. Um, 
with the Jews in particular, there's a certain way that they bury their dead, and there's a certain um, there's certain uh, things that they would put on the headstones and the gravestones and um, the sepulchres and things like that that they would that would identify them as being Jewish. Um, one of the things that you'll see if you've ever been to is if anyone's ever been to Israel, and I remember this specifically. We walked from the eastern gate down across the Valley of Kidron up the Mount of Olives, and there's this Jewish cemetery kind of at the crest of the Mount of Olives, and you go through, you kind of walk along the side of it, and as you're walking up the hill, there's all these little stones that they put on top of the, on the top of the tombs, and um, mm-hmm. it's a tradition for Jews to put these stones on there. It's to show, hey, I was here to visit, it, to show that someone was visiting, and there's like little piles of stones. Well... <clears throat> From an archaeological standpoint, if they had cemeteries and all these people were converted to Judaism, when they died, they would have these traditions. And you would find in the cemeteries, you would not only find things like the Star of David or other mm-hmm. symbols of Judaism, but you would also find stones that would be neatly piled and covered over, you know, um, but we just don't see it. Um, I think no. I think the other thing, too, is that they always point, pointed their feet towards the entrance of the cemetery. I don't know why that is, mm-hmm. but um, maybe it's because they're going to get resurrected and they want to walk out. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be facing the right direction when they leave. <laughs> um, I don't know, but um, so archaeologically, there isn't any real um, evidence. There, there are synagogues in that part of Eastern Europe, obviously, because Jews have dispersed, but not at the number that they would be if millions okay. of people had converted. So that's an important thing to think about. And um, and then the DNA thing is really interesting, too, because in 2013, um, Wayne State University did a study about the DNA, and they did a whole sampling. And this is what it says. It says, according to a t- 2013 study done by Wayne State University, uh, thorough integration of genotypes on newly collected samples with data from several of our past studies we have assembled the, the largest data set available to date for assessment of Ashkenazi Jews' genetic origins. The data contains genome-wide single nucleotide polymorphism in 1,774 samples from 106 Jewish and non-Jewish populations that span the possible regions of potential Ashkenazi ancestry. Europe, Middle East, and regions historically associated with the Khazar Cagnate the data set includes 261 samples from 15 populations from the Caucasus regions and the regions directly to its north. Samples that have been previously in, samples that, that have not previously been included alongside Ashkenazi Jewish samples and genome studies, and that there is that there is no indication of a significant genetic contribution either from within from the or from the north of the Caucasus regions. So this genetic study that they did, uh, it seems to point to the fact that there isn't any major influence from that region on the modern Jews of today. Hmm. So not only do you not have archaeological evidence, you don't have DNA evidence, and it all stems from a conspiracy from a woman who made it up, who was a known (laughs) conspiracy. So so when we say... (laughs) Who's <laughs> questionable belief systems. Right, yeah. I mean, she believed in reincarnate. She believed she was a reincarnated from the French Revolution time. So I, I just think yeah. that this is when I said that in ignorance, people spread information. I think that this is a perfect example of that. 
it's easy mm-hmm. to hear this and go, oh my gosh, this is a conspiracy. This is ridiculous. They're not the real Jews. Oh my, they, they're, they've not, they're not who they say they are. And then you just buy it. But when you start mm-hmm. to peel it back and you begin to look at the origins of the information, where does it come from? You begin to get a clearer picture of what the actual reality is. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important because ultimately this conspiracy discredits and points to that God's a liar. Mm-hmm. If you take it out to its natural, yep. you know, point, it's going to say, "Oh, well God lied. He can't bring his people back and he his mm-hmm. land isn't who he said he was going to give it to." So either God right. doesn't keep his promise or he can't keep his promise. Mm-hmm. And and so it really it's an indictment on God. Mm-hmm. And, and as a Christian, exactly. as a Christian, we've got to be really careful. Like this you don't want to stand before Jesus with that and he yeah, starts exactly. asking you about that. So <laughs> about these uh, Khazars, you know, what do you, you know, I did, yeah. I put my people there. What are you doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like, um, you know, I, I see a lot of these truther accounts and everything. And um, there's an appeal to conspiracy theories. It's, um, um, just kind of the same appeal of like why the other side is just like going to have libraries full of theology books because it's the same lie in the, in the garden that we desire hidden knowledge. Mm -hmm. We, and um, as you can see online, it draws a spectacle and it draws people in and, um, and yes, there's tons of conspiracy theories that, are real, like obviously, um, but the buck stops at scripture. Right, you have measuring everything to scripture, and not. Um, I know how easy it is to be tossed by the waves and whisked away by all these theories, and you get all the praise and all of the you know people intrigued by what you're saying, and it's not fun. This isn't a joke, yeah. you know. Like this. Is, this is his promise. And in Ezekiel 30, um, 36 through 39, huge prophecy um, place, if y'all want to study what's happening right now. Um, since 1917 with the Bar- Balfour Declaration, um, which actually started the um, first ever recorded various earthquakes. Never before in history were two earthquakes um, recorded at the same time, and right mm. after the Balfour Declaration, that actually happened. Wow. Like Matthew 24 started 1917 after the Balfour Declaration. So no matter if it was evil or not, it was prophecy fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's it. Like you have to separate. No matter if it's evil or not, it's prophecy fulfilled. His promises are unfolding, and so um, Ezekiel 36 it talks about oh, like several times throughout those scriptures um that he keeps emphasizing this is we this is for the lord's sake this is for my sake it's not for israel's sake it doesn't depend on um who's who's in government or who owns israel or what jew did something evil um that it has nothing to do because it the, the prophecies literally say they will be gathered in unbelief gathered back to their land in unbelief. Hmm. That's what it literally says. So we aren't here expecting them to be anything um, but sinful. Yeah. 
They, awesome. They're not walking with the Messiah. Yeah. So we do it for the Lord's sake. He keeps on saying, and and it's for your own sake as a Christian, because if he breaks his promises with the land, which the nation of the people, yes, the ethnic people, then he will break your, his promise with you. And that is a false gospel you are putting out there. Yeah. You are mm. in, you're standing up for a doctrine of demons. Well, in bottom line. Um, well put. That's awesome. I did want to um, talk about the the fake Jews, um, Revelation three. Yes. Um, I don't. I actually didn't um, talk to you about this before. Where is it in my oh synagogue of Satan? Mm-hmm. So. Um, um, in the beginning of Revelations, their their Revelation. I, <laughs> Thank you. Um, there, yeah. I say it. I say things so fast that it sounds like I put an S in there, and people's like, "Oh, you put an S in there." I'm like, "No, no, it didn't." <laughs> <laughs> um, there is seven letters to seven churches, and these were literal churches that John had. Well, God had written these letters to through John. Um, they were sent to these churches. They were about these churches. Um, so in, was it Revelation 3, when it's talking about the synagogue of Satan, um, the fake Jews, it was literally the, the Israelite, Israel's, the, the Jews back then, in, it was at Smyrna, is that the church they're talking about at that point? Um, where, Okay, so, and it's actually funny because my, my pastor was talking about this this morning, and I'm like, this is what, this is the whole point here, is that um, back then, so Rome had to um, approve religions, and so the Jewish religion was approved, like they could, they could practice their religion, they had the synagogues, you know, they had that whole thing going on for them, and there was all these different sects, so... Um, so the Ro- the Romans didn't really know um, any difference. They just all grouped it as Jewish, like they were practicing Jews, and they just had different sects, kind of kind of like how we have different denominations. Like that's how that's what it was in the Romans' minds. And um, bless you. Hey, sorry, <laughs> I should have muted myself. Sorry. You're fine. <clears throat> <laughs> um, and so the the Jews did not. Like they, they're going, they're going up to the Romans, like telling on the Christians, and mm-hmm. the Romans are like, "That's your laws." Like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. And they're like, "No, they're a different, they're a different religion." They're like, "They have your, they, they're believing the same God," so they didn't want to do anything about it. So Jews like kicked them out of the synagogues, and that's why Jesus referred to them as the liars, the synagogue of Satan, because they're kicking the Christians out to show that there's a difference between them and the Christians. They didn't want, they wanted Christians to be kicked out. And um, so, um, so that was literally what was happening back then. That has nothing, that's, that's already been, that's already happened. Yeah. That we're not, we're not living in those letters right now. There are no, um, when it comes to pertaining to Israel and Jews, there are no fake Jews unless you're talking about, you know, people insisting that they are the real Jews like Kanye West. 
they're like the or, Israelites, right? Hebrew Hebrew roots, <laughs> right? Hebrew roots, but like the 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 people of Israel aren't aren't fake Jews, aren't synagogue of Satan, as as it was referring to in that verse. And this is whenever you're in this. Um, it wasn't even in Israel, re- by the way. Right. It was yeah. in Smyrna. Well, yeah. Jews, yeah. So when um, when the church doesn't rightly divide, and when um, there's a church of eschal, like when you're eschatologically illiterate, and you're in a state of apostasy, which that's where the church is in right yeah. now, you'll misinterpret scripture, and like that is like there is it is no surprise we're at where we're at right now yeah like grabbing grabbing cherry picking verses here and there like you don't you don't rightly divide literal revelation yeah so you're reading a letter that was to a people so long ago and you're claiming it as yourself in in that same sent in that same i think it's the same church where they're talking about 10 days of darkness I, how many times have i've heard Oh, when is the 10 days? Like, what is that? When's, when's that happening? When's, when, when's that taking off? Um, that has already happened. That was a, like, and you know, there's, there's debate about if it was really literally um, 10 days of darkness or if there was, um, they talk about like 10 persecutions, um, like with Nero and all of that stuff back yeah. then. But, but it was back then. Those, those 10 days of darkness aren't for us. That's not, a prophecy about to happen. Um, anyway, so that in itself is can squash any lie that the Jews aren't the real Jews. Yeah. Like if you just read Scripture correctly, like that wasn't for you. All Scripture, well, it, it's not about you. That's what all Scripture <laughs> is for us, but it's not a, always about us. Yes. And we can cling to like the promises, like, um, you know, like endure to the end and like he's with you and all of that stuff. Like, absolutely. But when it's like if events like this and history like this, like it's not about you. We need to rightly divide. Yes. Well, done. yes. Good. Good word. Good word. Uh, I would if I can add to that, too, um, when it mm-hmm. comes to the accusations about the Jews, and how they do all these evil things. Like, you know, I have a mortgage and I don't know who the CEO of the bank is that my mortgage is with. It could be a Jew. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but here's the thing. We, if you, okay, if you were Satan, okay, and this is how you have to think like this. And I've said this before. If you were Satan and God set apart his, a, a group of people and said, those are the people that I want to call out on me and that I want to rule. They're going to be, you know, literally the name Israel, it has the um, the translation could be one ruled by God. That's, you know, and he changed his name from deceiver to one ruled by God, right? When when mm-hmm. um, when when he wrestled with, with him and God touched his hip. And I think that um, if if you think about it, God takes a group of people, calls them his own, and then Satan's like, oh, great. Well, now I want to use them to make God look bad. So I'm going to make mm-hmm. them the most, be, do the most damage to the world. 
I'm going to get right. them involved and hurt people and, and use them for my purposes, which are going to make God, because ultimately Satan hates God. And if God says, I like this, then Satan's going to hate that because he hates God. <laughs> exactly. Newsflash, Christian, why do you think you endure through spiritual warfare? Because you have been marked by God. <laughs> and so right. he wants to snuff out your light. He doesn't want you to live mm -hmm. for Christ. And so you're enduring. And they are a people that God has set apart. It's Whether you like it or not, that's what he did. And mm -hmm. of course, Satan's going to do things to try and make them look bad, to make God look bad too. And so we can't, we don't want to forget that part of this. And, and, and it doesn't give them a pass. Like I'm not giving anyone a pass who does mm -hmm. evil. No, it doesn't give them a pass. But what it does is help understand uh, maybe the, the reason it's so measured the way it is. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't know how this, where this fits in or not, but, you know, there might be a blessing on their life. And, you know, the gifts of God are without repentance. And so I think that if they are blessed and to prosper in this world, um, but they're not redeemed, then obviously they're going to use that prosperity, that gift from God for evil purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the Ezekiel prophecies, it says that Israel will flourish. Like it was a desert before mm -hmm. Israel um, got back into their land before 1948. It was literally a desert. And it just, as the prophecy stated, became abundant. And they're um, a burdensome zone. That prophecy says that, like for the whole world. Like, yeah. Christians and non-Christians alike hate the Jews, whether like whether you believe it or not. What, like what I just said, like if you are believing that Israel isn't Israel or God doesn't have the promises for that, you are and being anti-Semitic. Yeah, like you are hating them, and that's it's. I mean, it's. I mean, that's proof in itself that all like if you if you take a step back and um just read scripture for what it is um literal prophecy as it has always been fulfilled symbol symbolic prophecy has always been fulfilled literally um mm -hmm. i did my first episode on this podcast i went through my timeline um i have it right here i'm literally just going <laughs> through history like i still i use that this is why i created it because it's my study tool looking at where we're at and where i'm studying in history um it's just it, all of the prophecies about israel as a nation, have literally perfectly been fulfilled at, at, up until um, so far. Right. <laughs> I think there's still there's still some to come, <laughs> but um, there's a you know the the whole mess of preterism is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. And Matthew twenty four, um, or that um, after the there's a lie that after the New Testament, after the Old Testament, the New Testament prophecies have all become symbolic and there's um art uh, what do you call it um apocalyptic literature no yeah. it's literal prophecy that will literally happen and you can tell that it's god didn't change i mean if you didn't if you didn't believe that already which yeah. you should um matthew 24 jesus said that the temple would be destroyed and then he says you know a, a bunch about the end times um it's right. exactly how prophecy was laid out in the old testament there was there was a, a a very near prophecy to be fulfilled and then they would go on to the um 
far out prophecies. Like that is always has. And I believe it's like part of um, to say to even more proof from God to be like, okay, this is going to happen soon. And then like, so you're going to believe that because it's going to happen. And then you can believe me for the rest. And that's exactly like literally the temple got destroyed. So let's believe him on the rest. Right. You know? Right. Um, so and, if you can, sorry, go ahead. Well, and what I was going to say is because you mentioned preterism, and I would add to that too the the amillennialism and post millennialism, right. and those are the beliefs that that essentially um, Jesus, you know, post mill believe essentially that we're going to just slowly take over. Like Christians are slowly <laughs> going to saturate the entire world, take over, and once once we've got the majority of it under you know Christian reign, then Jesus will come back and he'll mm-hmm. establish himself, and then Amil. Um, they, they, they um, and I probably will get this wrong at some of, it's very similar to post mill, uh, in the yeah. sense that everything's just kind of like there, there is no millennial reign. Um, it's all symbolic. Know, right. And then mm-hmm. there's now even emerging too, within truther camps, um, this idea that the millennial reign already happened, that we're beyond mm-hmm. the mil- millennial reign. And they, they tie in things that are, that are absolutely never connected with the Bible whatsoever, like Tataria and mud Where floods. Where is it on the timeline? Right, right. <laughs> and we've done we've done episodes on Tataria. Like if you're if you're yeah. thinking about mud floods in Tataria, we have an episode I can't remember what it is. Just go look through our catalog. We we've talked about it. That's actually a conspiracy that was created by someone else as well. So I think um you have to, as you've been saying, rightly divide the word and um and mm-hmm. that's why I, I struggle with the, the sudden um there's a, a sudden um rise in like belief of people moving away from traditional evangelical mm-hmm. eschatology that's been you know literal prophecy uh, you know futurism uh and they move uh, i'm st- i see like the mocking and scoffing of it mm-hmm. all the time and it's just getting worse and worse every day like in these stupid Christian beam accounts, like I can't, it's so ridiculous. The Bema accounts? <laughs> no, uh, meme accounts. Oh, meme accounts, yeah. Christian meme accounts. Like yeah, the- <laughs> They'll, you'll be a target for sure, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, going with, just putting it in there too, since we're here talking about this, but um, the this symbolism was stemmed back from Augustine, like everything was literal. Like we, the church believed in literal prophecy. The church believed in pre-trib rapture. All like it's all documented, mm-hmm. all the way up until around Augustine, when it's like we kind of got tired of waiting. Um, and then must have like Augustine was just like, well, m- this must be symbolic because Israel doesn't even have land, mm-hmm. and you know it's been how many years? Like I, I think. 1500 years i don't remember um i don't remember augustine's he was before the, he was maybe i have it on my yeah he was maybe like I have it on my timeline i think augustine was probably like the 700s is what i want to say yeah um i should add that to my timeline yeah that would be um, good because he's pretty influential for both the catholics and the reformers yeah. the reformed yeah all oh, right yeah um so he changed he changed it up. That was the first time, like, this is a new idea, y'all, that 
prophecy became symbolism, and then it stemmed from there to where we can have all of these different interpretations. And, oh, my word, the things I hear online, like the things that people message me, like, where on earth did you get that? Like, like because whenever you make it symbolism, you can make it whatever you want. Um, and that's why it's like Revelation is people say, oh, it's so confusing. No, just read it without any of the other voices, it's not confusing. But because all of the symbolism came in, and um, like the church used to be confident in these issues yeah. on, on these all these fronts. And then Augustine came in. I'm, I'm, so, I'm blaming him, sorry. Um, well, <laughs> I'm had, sure he had some friends. He had a tremendous <laughs> amount of influence. And he was in yeah. the 300s, 350 to 400, was he, you know, that was his eight okay. when, when he lived, yeah. Okay, so a little... Yeah, it, it was. Back. This is why he has influence was, on the Catholic Church because he was pre-establishment of the Catholic Church. Yeah, uh huh. But um, so with him though, what really, and then he, you know, tried to go off and um, convince the council that the um, that you know there's no such thing as free will and like all that stuff, and then um, they kept on rejecting him until. The political stuff lined up just just right, and Calvin is, Calvin came in and um, just kind of took his lies and um, yeah. made them more accepting for Christians. And it just kept spiraling from there. And we have Martin Luther, who like like we all have these like dead theologians that we idolize, but he he has a book that literally says the Jews and their lies. He believed that we replaced them because um, they were <laughs> sinful. <laughs> and like, <laughs> who's not okay. sinful? First of all, point I that know. out. Point me if like the Jews and their lives. Let's talk about um, the Gentiles and their lives. Like yeah. we're all. And anyway, so there's, there's there's history in that that we need to we need to know these things too. Like you need to know where these roots come from. They aren't from they, the the things that we are seeing online in like in theology books even. Um, are newer ideas. They didn't start out. We didn't, the church did not start out like this. Right. I didn't know we were going to go about, go to Augustine, so I don't have Sorry. any notes or anything. But I will. <laughs> I will say that what I do know about Augustine is that he was an, a Gnostic who converted mm-hmm. to Christianity, and um, and he was influential because of writings. He would he would make writings, mm-hmm. and he really had a desire to be uh, known and. Um, there's some people that are saying that that he 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 had his eye, he had eyes on being the first pope. He wanted to be the pope, and that mm-hmm. was his goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to like talk down on the guy, but there was a lot of things yeah. that were not healthy that he did in mm-hmm. that he did introduce into the church. And when you think about Calvinism in general, um, the the whole idea of um, like election. Um, actually comes mm-hmm. out of a Gnostic out of Gnostic roots, and we've we've talked right. about this. We did a whole episode on the Gnostic roots of yeah. Calvinism, and um, if you're it's honest, it's a good one, y'all. You should go back and listen. <laughs> yeah. And you have to honestly look at these things. And and, and here's the thing: like uh, I think it was, um, I think it was Ryan. We were on. We had Ryan Peterson on about the Nephilim, mm. and um, and I think he said something to me, and he's like, "How much heresy keeps you out of heaven?" You know, because mm. all of the early church fathers were off on something somewhere. 
right. They yeah. were we were working these things out, and here we are. We sit two thousand years after, with the benefit of working through these with people that were much smarter than us, and who were living in times much closer to the original, you know, the original apostles, mm-hmm. and so they knew the heart, like Polycarp yeah. and um, these guys were, you know, right there with John. And so when you mm-hmm. when you look at what their eschatology is about the end times, they're going to be, they're going to know John's heart. They learned from him, like, mm-hmm. and he was given the book of Revelation. So, like, he's got the revelation. He's going to explain it to them the way he knows it, and they're going to have a pretty accurate, you know, a pretty mm-hmm. accurate understanding. So I think it's important to give heed to what they say. Um, it mm-hmm. was later, and and you have to also understand. I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off on this because it oh. is a, a bit of a rabbit trail, but you have to understand <laughs> that almost immediately when the church was born in Acts two, um, heresies and um, things tried to come in immediately. So you had the Gnostics and the Judaizers mm-hmm. that were immediately attacking the gospel and the grace. They were trying to take away yeah. the grace and turn it into works, and they were trying to. In that they were trying to introduce mysticism with Gnostic teachings and things that would be connected to that, which are unbiblical. And mm-hmm. and, and th- they were fighting these things immediately. Like, the yeah. first 300 years were just insane when you think about what... And they didn't have the internet. They didn't have Instagram. They couldn't go make a reel. <laughs> it's not like, you know, uh, Polycarp could go open up his phone and make a reel and be like, hey, I just talked to John. I just want to share this with you guys. Get this out, you know. <laughs> it, they had to write a letter and then circulate the letter and then follow the letter around and teach follow-up after that and respond to mm-hmm. people that were rejecting the letter because of whatever their issue was. And then and it, there was just a very long and slow process of filtering the theology into what would be accurate yeah with a lot of mistakes (laughs) (laughs) but but like i say god can draw a straight line with a crooked stick it doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's a it's just no it's no surprise and that's there is grace in all of this (laughs) definitely yeah that we like I can't I was just thinking the other day like um having like could you imagine becoming a new believer right now like that has got to be one of like the hardest <laughs> things to do like you have so many voices and so many things to sort through and like what's what's true mm-hmm. like there's just it's so loud and we're in like I said a state of apostasy like the, the church is like this is where in these days it's like there's no surprise these christian like well-known or intelligent christians um they're they're being they're they're falling they're yeah believing lies and being deceived and we're and the, we're being duped by all these man-made doctrines that have been around for for what we think oh it's been around forever when it's only been you know a few hundred years mm-hmm. like <laughs> we just think it like we're in this oh this is how it's always been like no this this didn't used to be confusing y'all <laughs> like, right. like we're in this very um special unique sev- severely unique time um, that was prophesied that would be probably some of the hardest ever yeah. to live through. 
you know, aside from the seven-year tribulation, which I don't plan on being. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he said <laughs> if he didn't cut the days short, they would all die anyway. So right. we don't exactly. want to be there. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would, uh, if I can just add to this, you know, um, I did say this, and I mean this with all sincerity. I think that some people that were, you know, talking about these things on, on the internet, on, on, you know, on Instagram or whatever, were they were ignorant. They just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. and so they they believed. And it's easy to, like, everybody wants a common enemy. We all we mm-hmm. all want this common enemy. So if we can point to this one group of people and say, they're the reason, which is yeah. just insane to me to think about. Like, what mm-hmm. they all, what do they have, like, an annual meeting? Like, a, they do an annual, <laughs> like, a, you know how you go to, like, an annual, like, family reunion and they meet and then they, in while they're meeting, they, they decide how they're going to, this, they're, they're going to take over the world and, and continue to do, like, and people's like, yeah, yeah, the Bilderberg groups, that's, that's their meeting, you know, and maybe, maybe, but maybe not, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. not. And, and even if it was, it, doesn't matter because the gospel and the truth of the Bible trumps all of those things anyways. And always remember mm-hmm. that Satan and any of his that he employs are still their gods. You know, mm-hmm. someone said to me one time, Satan is God's devil. In other words, yeah. when, when you read the book of Job, he comes to God and he says, hey, I want to consider your servant Job. And he's like, okay, you can do it, but you can only do this. And he gives him limitations. And so he's mm-hmm. basically on a leash. You can go this far, but you can't go that far. And so he's still right. he's still God's devil, you know. And mm-hmm. even to today, he's still God's devil. In fact, the church is actually diminished the authority of Satan in the world because we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God, and we're here saying, "Hey, we're we're bringing people mm-hmm. with us into the new kingdom. You you uh, you're not going to continue to reign over them." Right. <laughs> So, so yeah, I think it's important to understand that that people, some people in ignorance, were looking at these things, believing them, and and they mm-hmm. say, yeah, but look at the evidence. Go look at all the CEOs of these corrupt corporations. They're all Jewish, not all mm-hmm. of them. But like I said before, so what? It it doesn't yeah. mean they've plotted together. It doesn't. Right. That doesn't mean that. You know what I mean? So it's just exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. And maybe people are going to be pissed at me for saying all these things because they're like, oh, I thought you were on our team, Turner. I thought you were a conspiracy guy. I thought you were. I am. Yeah. I, I am. But I'm also <laughs> first a Christian and first a yeah. biblical, you know, I have to adhere to the, the word of God. So. Yeah. You know how many groups I've been kicked out of? Like, <laughs> <laughs> not accepted. I'm like, not enough of a conspiracy theorist or not enough of a nationalist. Or oh, yeah. Just can't fit in anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I'll go down any rabbit hole. I've done it. I'll go mm-hmm. down any rabbit hole. Um, it, it, but the, at the end of the day, it has to, you You have to have that anchor connected to Christ and the Word. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and if I get down that rabbit hole and I can't see what the reality is, the truth is, then it's, I've wasted my time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's been a yeah. few that I've done that with, you know, that just mm-hmm. shouldn't, um, after halfway through, I'm like, you know, I probably need to just lay this down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think that, um, 
I think we've covered this pretty well. And I hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully some people will take this to heart. And I would say for the, the person listening, if you consider yourself to be a Christian and you've kind of adopted this same attitude about the Jews and, you know, God's people, Israel and all of that, that you would listen to this and then just take a moment and spend a minute with the Lord and just ask him, is my heart in the right place on this matter? Is, do I need to adjust? Is, uh, is there a different posture that I should be having? Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and I would say this too, that, uh, I don't know if I said this already or if it was when you and I were talking beforehand here before mm-hmm. we were recording, but even if they, they've done all this evil and they're worthy of judgment and they're worthy of being, you know, punished for whatever deeds they've done, Bible is pretty clear that as Christians, we are to pray for those that persecute us mm-hmm. and, and that we are to pray for our enemies. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I don't know. I was. Did I say this earlier when I went? We went to the Garden Tomb, and when I was in Israel, and we were walking back. And well, I'll just say it again. We. I went to the Garden Tomb in Israel. We were walking back, and these little Jewish kids were there, and they were saying things to us because they knew we were Christians, and they were throwing rocks at us, and mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of like the the back. We had like seventy people in our tour, and so they were getting on the buses and going, and I had to like my job was to be the last guy to make sure all the ladies got on and everything. Like I'm going to stop anybody. Right. You know? And, uh, <laughs> but they were throwing rocks at us and they were cursing at us, you know, in Hebrew, I don't know what they were saying. Cause I don't speak it. Mm-hmm. And then likewise, we go to the, we were in the garden tomb, we were taking communion and you know, there's a, a, a big loudspeaker right over the wall, right next to the tomb. And mm-hmm. it points down into the garden and it's at five times a day the call to prayer mm-hmm. from the Muslim call of prayer, blah, 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 you yeah. know? And so here we are taking communion mm-hmm. and this thing goes off for the call to prayer. Yeah. So the Muslims hated us. The Jews didn't <laughs> like us. Like, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> nobody likes the Christians. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, that's like, I mean, they, the Jews, they think of us just as they thought of Paul. Like they, it's, yeah. but we're still going to show up at the synagogue. We're still going to spread the gospel, you yeah. know, like and still pray for the scales to fall off of their eyes, which we know they will eventually. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, did you know um, in all of this um, uh, stuff happening, um, terrorist attacks on Israel, they still play that. The, the calls to prayer? In Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could Can totally. You imagine? They could shut it down if they wanted to very easily. Yeah. Yeah. They still like they're the ones supporting freedom of religion, and even for Palestinians to live there, like yeah, yeah. they've not kicked out that. Like I, I forget the st- stat, but there's a good portion of Palestinians living peacefully in Israel, and was it like less than one percent? In Gaza, of Jews in Gaza, like they can't live there peacefully. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's, it's bogus. It's yeah. yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah, and I, the um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> I had a thought about that. I, I've seen some some 
information going through that um in in this trip there they are they have destroyed some mosques and things like that um mm -hmm. which would make sense but um at the same time i think that um th things are going to change there though i don't think that there's going to be this religious freedom there anymore i mean in fact right before oh, yeah, it's gonna change. right before everything popped off i remember reading that um they were making some pretty strict laws about christianity um in israel mm -hmm. They, yeah, they don't, um, oh shoot, I'm forgetting the law that they wanted to put in place, but it was against Christians for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. um, Noahide laws are pretty, uh, are going to come mm -hmm. around eventually. And, um, yep. and we've talked about those before and the Noahide laws, it's against the law to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. actual, the actual, uh, punishment for it is beheading. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, exactly. Oh wait, and, I mean that's what we have. I read that somewhere. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's interesting too. With um, I'm uh, this is a whole other conversation, I guess. But um, there's you know back and forth in in Christian circles if if the Antichrist will be Muslim or Jew and like all because everything and there's just so much that I I do see that like I see both sides, but like yeah. um. Um, it talks about in Daniel um, because parts of Daniel has not happened yet. <laughs> right. Um, the the ten toes being uh, mixed with sand and iron, which we knew the iron is Rome, um, was Rome. It, the big stat old Nebi's statue. Yeah, we yeah. Talk about. And um, anyway, the ten toes and they're being sand and iron, I and because it, there's like I think it was clay clay and iron. clay yes yeah yes clay and iron well so we're they're surrounded by desert and that's i mean that's how you get clay is sand and so it, like with the prophecies like it's always been so blunt um like rome um you know ruled with an iron fist and it was just so like yes that was rome um yeah. the iron was rome and so i just wonder if that like like because that is what's happening is like that mix of they're surrounded with these arab nations and like they're known for desert you know yeah um and then you know i mean just just that and the whole like that's how they they kill people um you know they cut off heads and yeah. we know that that's happening in the seven-year tribulation but also yeah but what you were saying about um i mean the antichrist is going to solve all the Jewish issues um, right. until the mid-trib. And one of the issues would be um, getting rid of Christians. And I mean, that, but that, that doesn't change how we obey scripture. Right. Exactly. Of doing this for the Lord's sake, because the Lord does not break his promises. And that's so crucial to, for, for the gospel, like to know and um, to get that one right. Because he, like I said before, he, he can't break his promises to you. He wouldn't break his promises to them. Um, yeah. He is a God that keeps his promises. The Bible said all of this deception that we're seeing right now, it, it said this would literally happen. And I mean, that's just proof in itself. Um, yeah. We're in these days. Yeah. And I think the purpose, like one of the purposes of the rise of anti-Semitism um, biblically is that he's going to drive the people back to the land. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. be really hard. I mean, if you look at England this week, there was, uh, I don't know, it was like 100,000 people showed up for protest mm-hmm. for, in they were pro-Palestinian, you know, pro-Hamas. Um, you're seeing it yeah. in France, you're seeing it in Germany, you're seeing it um, in other places, even in here in the United States, where I live, um, there was a protest that went right up to the White House. And there mm-hmm. was, it was kind of sketch because they were apparently trying to break the fence down. <laughs> Which yeah. is not very smart, by the way. There's Secret Service yeah. everywhere, and they're really good sniper shots. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the Jews have no safe place on Earth, right? Like, aside from their own land, which is also in, currently not safe, right? But I think that's what is the in in my view. I think the the rise of this mm-hmm. global you know sentiment is going to drive them back to their land. They're gonna like, oh, we got to go yeah. back. And that there's already so much that what came back because they want to go help right with the war, like the IDF. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had like 300,000 or something like that. Um, yeah. That volunteered. And it's, it's, it's God fulfilling that prophecy. Like, it's just so incredible to what a time to be. I always say, what a time to be alive. Like, like he, he chose us in this season to see this all being fulfilled yeah like we get to see all of this and y'all are missing it like learn prophecy because <laughs> you're missing it <laughs> yeah it's true that's There's very a, true at the balfour declaration i'm i'm pretty sure i saw that i read did this at the first episode with y'all but um 1917 the population of the jews in israel was twenty five thousand, um and it wasn't considered israel um and then it, Israel became a nation, a nation born in a day, just like is Isaiah said it would. Um, there was 1948, there, the population was 106,000 Jews. Hmm. And now um, we are there at, I think the last number was seven, 7 million Jews in Israel. Never before in history has this, this is a historical miracle, hmm. like a literal miracle that we have lived to see. Um, never in history has that happened where um, a people were scattered and came back in droves in less than a hundred years. Like, and they keep coming. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just incredible that his prophecies are literally perfectly happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool too. You were talking about the, um, how the land would flourish and all mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. before they you know repatriated the land it was basically inhabited by like uh bedouin like sheep herders mm-hmm. that were from like they were like arabian and mm-hmm. um it was just barren it was barren there was yeah. they couldn't get anything to grow they just mm-hmm. couldn't do it and um you know i've been there and i've seen it there's amazing orchards and they're growing everything and there's green you know mm-hmm. um, about the only place that there isn't is down by the dead sea in the judean section there where um mm. you know where the dead sea is because that's just absolute desert it's just complete desert and um yeah. i mean i was there and it was we were in there in may and it was 104 degrees at um at the dead sea so mm-hmm. pretty hot you know not a lot of good stuff grows wow. down there no, <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, 
It's perfect pres- mm-hmm. for preserving in caves things like the Dead Sea Scrolls, though. Isn't that amazing? Right? <laughs> Isn't it perfect? Like, it's just so crazy. <laughs> God is hand- has his hand on all over this, like he said he would. Like, Yeah. He fulfills his promises. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to do this episode. Um, it was something that was yeah. on my heart. And just if you're, if, you've, if you're still listening, I'm, I'm going to put on this article that I wrote on Substack and feel free to check it out, share it, um, you know, um, look at it, take a look at it. And if you think there's somebody that would benefit from listening to it, please feel free to share it with them. Um, obviously, it's um, not perfect, but and I'm not a paid professional writer so please be gracious uh with it (laughs) and me (laughs) yeah it's it's so good to have like it's i i think that y'all should keep hold of it because this is it's just a huge lot yeah and turner did such a incredible job at actual research so Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. So it'll be up. It'll be up. And, uh, and, uh, we'll, and, you know, also on our Substack, just so you know, uh, we have extra audio, uh, recording that were not on the original podcast, like you're listening to right now. There's, there's extra audio that we did with, um, both, um, the clown, the, the Nephilim or clowns and <laughs> look like clowns. And then also with, um, we did it with the aliens, um, with, uh, Joseph Jordan couldn't remember his oh, name yeah. so we have we have about <laughs> an extra like 30 minutes on each that we just put on this as part of the Substack. stack just kind of like the bonus and that's where we're going to keep putting bonus material um when we have it and so um yeah. not that we plan for it but sometimes some good conversations happen after we hit the record button off and we finish mm-hmm. the episode we're talking to our guests and there's some really good conversation that happens so I just keep recording, <laughs> make use of it. Cause it's so good. You don't want to let it go to waste, but yeah. Um, yeah. So anything else you want to add? Um, I, th- I think that about covers it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's so much more I could say, but we need, we need another ep- episode of the- theologically um, talking about this. So. Yeah. And in, in fact, part, Part one of of this letter on Substack, this article that I wrote, is about the conspiracy about are the real Jews, who, wh- where are the real Jews, and the Khazars and all of that kind of stuff. And then part two is going to be the parallel emergence of Reformed um, replacement theology. Yeah. And so um, we're going to talk about that um, on another article. And so maybe when I get that done, uh, it, that will probably go a little bit quicker um, yeah, it's a little bit easier for me to research theological things um, connected to the Bible <laughs> than it is just nebulous kind of thoughts that you have to track down and stuff. It's a lot harder. Yeah, but made um, up made up lies. Made up lies. Yeah, right. Yeah, from people <laughs> that think they're reincarnations of uh, <laughs> French revolutions. That's just so crazy. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I I could probably do a deeper dive on on. Nesta Webster um, and find out more. She's probably an occultist of some of some figure, you know. Yeah, I'd be. In, I I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but she could be. I don't want to speak ill of her, in her <laughs> as she's dead, but yeah, you know. Cool. Well, appreciate you sticking in with us this far. And Jessica, I thank you for all of your input. It's always awesome to yeah. hear. And um, thank you all for listening. 
yeah we appreciate all the support for the podcast and we we have some great mm-hmm. episodes coming by the way i know it's been a little bit between episodes but life has gotten a little bit crazy so we have to uh prioritize things that need to be prioritized so it just is what it is we have other stuff coming though very soon and into december and i think it's going to be exciting as we close out the year um with mm-hmm. another year of uh, podcasting that we've done and all the changes especially that happened in this year i'm looking forward to 2024 and all that god has and how we're gonna continue to make this thing do what it does yeah so all right guys we'll catch you next time on all out war see ya Bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.